Jay right in your face. Welcome back to episode number 20 of season two of The Fadeaway. Wow. Number Alvin Williams, baby. Bo Ray Allen. Ray Ray. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Who's another big 20? He's off the dome. Yeah, I'm blanking. I'm, uh, but, but that's a good 20s. Man, episode good 20s, 20, bro. I like round numbers. So our second decade, welcome. Uh, this is your host, Fatty, and alongside me today, mm. I could have potentially used this name already, but it's very fitting for one of the things we're going to talk about, Mr. Lonzade Ball. <laughs> uh, have you used it before? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to go with that. Uh, How you doing, Not bad, man. Shout out once again to... The Brock Badgers women's basketball Jeez. team, who placed second in the nation this this weekend. Yes, and uh, you know, obviously losing the finals is heartbreaking. But yeah, what a yeah. run they had this year! Yeah, but shout I'm, out to shout out to Sam Keltos and Melissa Taddy. They have no idea who I am. That's good, but That's I have creepy. every idea who they are. Good. Melissa uh, Melissa Taddy is the point guard. Nasty, yeah, nasty point mm-hmm. guard. And then Sam Keltos is the big, the big girl. She's like. She's the one that had 42 in the finals. Yeah, in the, sem- in the finals of the, the OUA, OUA final. Yeah. She had 24 and 17 in the semis of, of uh, the Nationals. Damn. Killed it. Uh, she apparently played in Brooklyn. Played some ball in Brooklyn and at like a prep back. school in Brooklyn. So I guess she came back or either she's from there. I'm not mm-hmm. not 100% sure. But ladies, if you're hearing this. Well done. Well done. And we want you on the podcast <laughs> to tell us about the journey from the inside. So uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll be able to get um, the champs. Dun, 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 dun. Champ is here! Oh my goodness! Anyways, we got a lot of uh, a lot of things to uncover today, man. Really, no time for small talk. I'm sure both you and I had a great week, uh, but let's jam packed uh, week. Let's man. get right into it, man. So last time we were on here, the Raptors on a three game losing streak. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the struggles of Pascal, the struggles yeah. of the team. So uh, walk us through the last week or so uh, through our road trip. This is the Western Conference road trip. Yes, every game. The earliest they played was 9 o'clock. It was tough yeah. to stay up for the games and watch mm-hmm. the games. Uh, especially you. You fall asleep at 10 o'clock on the Buddy. couch. So there's no chance. It's, it, it, was a, it was a grind that for you. That 10.30 game, I was Bro. knocked out in the national anthems. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just like you said, 0-3 last week, 3-0 this week. Big time. Teams um, weren't that great. Uh, uh, two of weren't the greatest. Were, weren't the greatest. were good. The Suns. Sounds and good I believe it was the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings who had won seven of the right. last ten games. So yeah, they've they been balling lately. And then they also got a Warriors with Steph back. Yeah, so not 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 too bad of a road trip, but you're still three zero on the road, and there were competitive games. Which yep, they were down twenty against Phoenix. Right, so that's that's where I'm I'm a little bit concerned because the games were a bit too competitive for my liking. Just because I think that we should be able to. Not roll over these teams, but we should be able able yeah. to win comfortably against these. But teams. man, Phoenix last night rolled over the Milwaukee Bucks, albeit without without Giannis, Giannis which what we're going to talk do? about shortly. Yeah. But I mean, hey, they're still a good team. They can score. They put up 140 yesterday. Yeah, but but good wins by the Raptors, and it shows just how mature the team is, especially in crunch time. How it's not, you know, you 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 depend on the Normans, the OGs, yeah, yeah, and and the role players, and they're so mature now that they know how to handle that crunch time late, Norm take care of the ball. Blown Everything. us away. Oh yes. Oh yes. Norm, Norm has game in, game out, just blown us away with yep. his consistency. And uh, I was talking to actually I was talking to DJ mm-hmm. uh, and he was like, Yo, he's been hot for like a couple a couple games. I'm like, bro, he's been hot for time. For time. I pulled this up. 
since November 28th of this very season. Yes. He's been averaging over 20 points a game, shooting 43% from three, 53% from two. Yeah. From the field, sorry. So that is a crazy feat. And to be able to do it at his efficiency, like what he's doing, getting to the rim, Mm -hmm. getting around defenders, putting up the three. I've never seen Norm play with this sort of consistency. And I'm reading on Twitter that, like, at this point, this is just who Norm is. And I don't know if that's the case, but I would love for that to be the case. He was doing it even before November 28th to a lesser, a bit of a, I guess, a lesser degree. He was very efficient. He was a great boost off the bench. we came on here at that time to talk about Nick Nurse and what his comments were in terms of, like, thank you for what you do. Yeah, thank you for what you do, your role. You're playing really well, but you're not a starter for this team. And he's been starting, and he's been destroying. To be honest, you and I were talking about this, but let's let's actually open up that discussion because – I want to talk a little bit on that. So initially, uh, they were starting Freddie Van two. Vliet as as the two or the one, whatever. There was a combo guard rotation between yeah. him and Lowry, uh, and that was working well defensively. It was working well. I mean, yeah. considering the height of the lineup, they were holding their own defensively. Both guys are great defenders in the block, anyway, so it's fine. But the produ- productivity of Norm this season in the starting role, mm-hmm. I love Freddie V. But he's he's outperformed them a little bit in that front, the thirty point games, the twenty five plus point games, and and Freddie can score and Freddie, Freddie plays a very different role. But man, what Norm is doing and what he's doing for this team and his timely baskets, his timely drives to the net, his timely shot making, mm-hmm. his great chemistry with Gasol, the dribble handoff with Gasol that he runs is ridiculous yeah. because he's so fast. Right? He's agile, he's quick, he's got all yeah, of that. Yeah, and they were going, there was a few games or a few moments last night in the game where they were, it was him and, it was Norman Kyle going back and forth, assist mm-hmm. after assist to each mm-hmm. other. So what he's been doing and just triggering the offense, it's hard for me to see Freddie coming back from this injury and then him taking Norm out the lineup. But I mean, we've been talking about Pat McCall all season and Nick Nurse does whatever he wants. Yeah. So, uh, where where do you stand on this? Do you think they should they should tweak the starting lineup or just keep it as is and keep Norm off the bench? Because last night against Phoenix, the bench or against Sacramento, the bench production was, was fifty one yeah. to seven. Yeah. Fifty one yeah. to seven in favor of Sacramento. So you bring Norm off the bench, you have you know more bench production. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you bring Freddie off the bench, you still have more bench production. So I don't know. Where do you where do you stay on this? It's a tough decision to make. I think. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of pros to bringing Freddie off the bench. Mm. And it's a, it's a very tough decision to make because even Freddie, when he was playing, he was playing at all-star level. So it's not like oh, he yeah. was being a scrubber. At, like It's not like he deserves to go and play on the bench. Nick Nurse just has a very it, – it's a good problem to have, to have a plethora of guys that are that Stepping can contribute up. and can step up. I don't we, – we, we mentioned earlier you are saying – Maybe OG goes to the bench, but we both don't see that happening just out of pure size, athleticism. He just fits that three spot very well, and then Pascal, yeah. that four spot but very well. the three is, it's, it's a gamble. Yeah, exactly. Gamble. So I see him fitting at the two just because he's bigger, he's longer than Freddie, he's more athletic than Freddie, and Freddie gets the basket very, 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 very well, but Norm does it. I think just as good, and I think has a higher rate of finishing just because he's bigger. Oh, and he's, he's way stronger. more explosive. He can that, finish exactly. at, the, at the rim, right? So you know? Freddie, sometimes if there's a, a seven foot guy, it, it's tough for him to get that shot up in there and get it out, sure. get get it in. So I think what Nick Nurse will do is put Norm back on the bench. Yeah, and I think I'm 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 so torn in between the two. I I think you just keep riding Freddie Van Vliet in the starting lineup just because. 
no matter how many pros there are to putting Norm in, I think you need the bench production that Norm brings. Imagine, and Norm is putting up 30 against first, like the the first line. Imagine he, he's going against the, the bench, right? And he that's, can, and he that's can that's dominate. Thing, that, and that's the thing, like, why I want to stick with Norm in the starting lineup is because Freddie and Kyle, as great as they are together, they really offer pretty much the same skill set. Uh, Freddie might have a bit of a better shot, but they essentially are the hard-nosed yeah. drivers. They'll take the contact. They'll Bulldogs. finish at the rim. They can make the three, but they're constructed very similarly. So when you throw Norman that mix, it kind of changes things up a little bit. The team works differently. He gets better opportunities, and, and he's just so explosive this year. And he's he's It's like when he gets that ball, all he wants to do is get to the rim. It's crazy. You see him just he, drive. He hardly it's wants insane. to settle for a shot. When Good he's shooting, him. it's a wide-open, great selection shot. I'm seeing a lot of Kawhi, uh, Kawhi offensive selection in Norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about how many guys on the Raptors are having their best season of their career. That is that is a fantastic thing to think Four. about. Four. Pascal Siakam. Five, actually. Five. Fred Van Vliet. Serge. Serge. Is, uh, I mean, Serge, is the one, Serge and Kyle are the ones where you're like, maybe, but. No, Serge is actually Serge having, is the, best, having yeah. the best season yeah, yeah. of his career. I'd, I'd even go and say Kyle is having the best season of his you can, career. It's arguable. Because he was an all-star, but I've never seen Kyle play this efficient, this consistent offensively Like because he's the guy now. Yeah. Uh, and then OG. Uh, Norm. OG is obviously having the best season yeah, of his that's career. Five, There's no guys. question there. That's five, six guys. That's half the team. Yeah. And, and all the guys and, you and want to have the best it's years. It's nuts that I've never – I don't think I've ever seen a team where this happens. Where you they lose Danny Green and Kawhi defensively, and they get better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you know that the Spurs, when they lost Danny Green and Kawhi defensively, they went from this fourth ranked defense to the twentieth ranked defense the next season? It's tough for the Spurs though because they when they lost Kawhi and Danny Green, they added Demar Derozan, who's a defensive nightmare, and their team is older. I think, and, and so I I think but, it's but tougher I for them to, like, to to stay up to par defensively. The Raptors have. Young, athletic, lanky guys, and a great defensive, and a great defensive um, coach, essentially, and a great defensive system. So, I think uh, it's it, it's it's a whole different scenario with the Spurs and with the Raptors. Um, but I I agree with you. It's very tough to lose two key guys defensively and even offensively. There are two key guys and to still be able to pull up numbers. Yeah, no, I hear you 100%. And, and obviously from a personnel standpoint, it is a little bit different. But uh, it's just crazy to be able to like not even add new pieces and get better defensively, especially when you have a guy who's a defensive player of the year candidate, one of the best uh, two-way players in NBA history. And then Danny Green, who's a 3 and D solid 3 and D guy. Last year we got the D version, not the three. But <laughs> pause. I mean, did we even get? The- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's what you got. But uh, but yeah, man, major kudos to Nick Nurse and what he's been doing. Uh, shout out to Mr. Norman Powell, Player of the Week. Yes, three and a week, putting up better than thirty points Dang. a game. Very very efficient, thirty points a game. Uh, so we're very thankful for what he's been doing for the t- the team, the city. Hopefully he can carry into the playoffs. That would be amazing. Be lovely, thank you. That would please, be amazing. Please. Let's talk about zero and three for this team. Zero and three or zero and four for this team. One, two, three. Zero and four for this team. Yes, zero and four for this team. So, wow. uh, the Houston Rockets, the Houston Rockets are struggling, ladies and gentlemen. After small ball seemed to have maybe looked a little bit good, their offense looked a little bit unstoppable for a mm-hmm, couple game stretch. Mm-hmm. 
we have finally seen the Rockets land in Houston. Do we have a problem? That was pretty good. That was, yeah. That was yeah, pretty good. But uh, they've lost four straight games, but that's not the major thing because teams go on, on losing streaks Yeah, all the for time. sure. Absolutely. It happens. But when you really break it down and look at the teams that they lost to, firstly, we're going to start oh with the Knicks. my word. On a very important night because on this night, the Knicks decided to play games with their best fan in franchise history, yeah. Mr. Spike Lee. Yep. Uh, and then, obviously, they the Knicks beat the Rockets, and all the attention is – is on the Spike Lee situation. Fire for the Rockets, though. Fire for the Rockets. Bro. Terrible for the Knicks. Yep. But, again, you cannot lose to the Knicks. Yep. I'm sorry. Uh, everyone's saying, oh, you know, nightlife and the Rockets were out partying. That's not a good excuse. That. It's not a good excuse. I'm sorry. You play in the NBA. You've been in the NBA for many, many years. There's no way every single time you play in New York, it's going to be the same situation. Yeah, they got re- out-rebounded 65-34. to 34. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's and, wild. And Westbrook played last night, but two games ago he was out. But I mean, it's just it's confusing, man. I I don't I don't know what to do. But uh, talk to us about this, man. Is this a concern? Is this gonna be the way they are going into the playoffs? It's it's so up and down because last week you hear, oh my goodness, these guys can actually maybe make some noise in the playoffs. Maybe they can beat the Lakers. Maybe can they beat the Clippers? And then you see this week, it, it just you flip a switch and it and they go on a four game losing streak. So I still think they have a lot, a lot, a lot to figure out. And a lot of it does, honestly, I think a lot of it l- lies on Westbrook's shoulders. If he's going to play inefficiently, if he's not going to play well, if he is but he's going... he's been playing well. He has been playing well. But and they still lose. I mean, they can only do so much. I, right? I think it's not in Westbrook. It's more Harden. No, I'm trying to get think, that for you right now. Like I don't think it's on Harden. Really. Harden's been real ass. Really, eh? Like, love, like legit. Like, you last think? game, 23 off of what? Six of 19. Oh, that's all. Bro, his last four games, 31%, 36%, 24%, 36%, then before that, 29%. But how are they playing together? That's a big thing. I think well, he's, like, I think he's settling a lot. a couple lot. games uh, over that stretch. Yeah. There was a stretch where they were starting to get a little bit better playing right. together. Yeah. But, I mean... Harden is the issue here. Harden is a volume shooter, and on this this season specifically, more often than not, he's inefficient. Yeah, he has been very efficient this season. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know. This is not good for this team heading into the playoffs. I I think it just finally, I th- I think it's it's obviously it's make or break it for this for this team for this coach. In my opinion, this GM, even though the owner said the GM and the coach are, are safe. I just think it, once you cash all, but you go all in and cash out, cash out on small ball, it's it, you have to win. Yeah, and it's it's such a huge risk because they made so many moves around it and got so many guys just for the small ball lineup. And you know, in the beginning, we were very, uh, what's the right word? We were very doubtful about, it, I guess you could say, but just because you can create a mismatch with a big and a guard, but I just don't think that that mismatch is always going to work. Westbrook did a very good job at doing that with Gobert, but there's a lot better bigs, I think, in the league that can guard a, a Westbrook. Like Anthony Davis, I think, could do a better job. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think you don't have the big guard, um, Russell Westbrook. I think you have the big guard, P.J. Tucker, who just yeah. stands out on the wing. Even though he pushes you out a little bit, that's fine. But, but I think there's going to be a lot more defensive schemes that's going to be built around them, and I think they're going to be quick, figured out quite quickly. So I just... It worked for a bit. We we thought they made some, they were gonna make some noise, but I think the the curse with this small ball lineup is that if one thing goes wrong, 
everything collapses, yep. right? And they have to play perfect and exactly. be perfect to win. And I mean, that, that team, doesn't happen. Uh, that man. team is not a team that you want to rely on for perfection. I mean, outside of Westbrook, just not shooting threes, this team is as inefficient as they come yeah. and as streaky as they come as well. Um, they dropped in the standings with their four-game losing streak. Actually, Brother. ironically enough, under OKC. OKC. Uh, so who them. would have ever imagined that one? Chris Paul is making. Who would have ever imagined after that trade right last year? Yeah, uh, giving Westbrook to to Houston and then in exchange for Chris Paul, everyone thought it was a write-off year. Most people didn't even think Chris Paul would even play for this team, and now yeah. they're 13, 14 games above five hundred. They're at a better seed than the Houston Rockets. Is this a is this a team that you're seeing like regular season success, or could yeah. they make some noise in the playoffs? I think it's regular season success. You're, I mean, they're not depending on a young young guys. It's only pretty much SGA who's the who's the young guy there. But I just don't think they have enough firepower to withstand a playoff run. They might get out of the first round if the if that four and five matchup is Houston OKC. Like that's gonna be a very good series. Oh yeah, and not just because I think not just because of the hype around what happened in the summer. Yeah, but the, I think they're gonna be matched up pretty well because OKC also runs a pretty solid small ball lineup where they have Chris Paul, SGA, and Schroeder. Yeah. And then they just put Adams at the big and they get a four in there and then that's it. Right? So I think it's it's a great matchup personnel-wise as well. They're at most a first round Pass second round exit. Yeah, that's okay. the, that's the ceiling. Like what can I you mean, expect more? I mean, if they go, if they that? go up again, I mean, they finish up four or five. They somehow be Houston in the first round. They'll go up over Lakers. Man, that's overachieving season right there. So I mean, that that would be interesting to see. But uh, I I want to give some flowers to Billy Donovan because and Sam Presti. Yeah, well, Sam yeah. Presti's been getting his flowers for a little bit. But look what he did with this team, though. Like this is no, like, no, agreed, hundred percent. But for me, Billy Donovan was underrated, you know, kind of the guy to maybe? blame when KD yeah. left, and then the burner accounts talking about his system and. The players not really liking it, and then you know every there's the whole stigma of a college coach can't go to the NBA and yeah. be as effective as he was in college. So I mean, there's a lot to consider here, and when you really look at like talking about Billy Donovan and and what he's done or not not done in his first four years versus what he's doing now, yeah. laying a foundation for a team, putting in a system that's going to work, using young guys and bringing them, taking the most out of them. Yeah. So I mean, it's really impressive. It's it's a good job on his behalf. So I'm. Um, just want to give him his uh, his praise there because he deserves it for sure. Go Billy. Uh, speaking of coaches, another one got canned this week. Damn. So um, Mr. Kenny Atkinson from your old team, which took the entire NBA world by storm. Yeah. And not in a good way. Uh, Mr. Kenny Atkinson was relieved of his duties. Apparently a mutual, mutual. agreement. Mutual. Uh, reports came out later on that uh, Kyrie and KD uh, were – sort of not really feeling him, Kyrie for was, lack of better words. Kyrie was soured earlier, early, early on. Yeah, say. so they, they didn't think that you know his foundation and his system was going to work for a championship team. It's yeah. good for uh, uh, you know laying the foundation and having that team like they did last year, but yeah. their rebuilding process took a huge turn when, when they signed two superstars and they automatically mm-hmm. became a win now. Now, do I agree with this move as he's not the guy? I absolutely don't agree, and this to me is – just how much Kate or Kyrie is is just toxic. Like his toxicity is is looming right now. So where do you stand on this? Obviously, uh, you were a pretty big Brooklyn fan last year, and a lot of guys mm-hmm. from the team showed their displeasure with this move, including Damari Carroll himself. So where D-Lo, do you stand on this? D'Lo, Damari Carroll, Jared Dudley. I think they all tweeted or whatever. They it's did. unbelievable. He's gonna have a job um, so fast. He probably gonna, already yeah, does. I, I'm not concerned about him having another job. I think 
he's going to have another job pretty quickly, and he's he's proven that he can be a great coach, especially for a rebuilding team. Now, where I don't disagree with this move is that I don't know how well he can handle egos. I don't know how well he can coach two superstars. I don't know how well he's able to create a system that's around two superstars. Mm-hmm. Last year, he just had D'Lo, Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie. Those were the stars. Like yeah. those are not those are not guys who are going to complain. Those are not guys who are going he to. He had D'Lo. Who who wasn't who I who wasn't complaining because he had D'Lo had to make a name for himself. That's what I'm saying is is he made D'Lo into a, they put him in position to right, be which a is, star, which is fair. But it's different. I think it's a lot different making a star than actually getting handling two one? superstars. And but is that a coach's both. problem or the stars' it, problem? It's, it's it goes both ways absolutely. But I don't know how well he could have handled. I, I haven't just because I haven't seen it. I'm not yeah, saying he can't. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. Honestly, I was shocked by the move. I didn't like it just because it was. Had Kyrie written all over it, and last yeah. year I, I tried to I tried to defend him so much, and and then I, when it got to the end of the season, I kind of gave up. That's why I don't like the move. But when you talk about you know X's and O's, I don't think it's a bad move because I think they're gonna get a coach who has proven he can manage stars and make a system around stars. Now another where another piece where I disagree with is that Kyrie wants Tyron Lue. I don't know if you've heard that report. Yeah, I did, and I don't. Understand Which it. I don't understand. I've you, then you can you can you can go ahead and say, oh, but he's managed two superstars. No, LeBron. When you have a LeBron team, I don't. It's very hard for me to give credit to a coach. Very very hard. Yep. Frank Vogel has Frank Vogel has done a great job this season though. But when you have a LeBron team, especially a coach like Ty Lue, who that was his first. He was stint, interim too. He was that was his first stint as a head coach. I can't trust that. Tyron Liu was the catalyst or the key to them winning. So that's why I disagree with the move. I think they should get a guy like a Mark Jackson maybe. He's always out there who hasn't won yet but has proven that he can He's proven he can build superstars. Yeah. I don't think he's proven he can manage superstars, but I think he has enough respect that he'll be able to manage superstars. Yeah. So I, d- I agree and I disagree with the move. I think that they ne- they really, really need to get the right coach. And I don't, yeah. th- I don't think it's Tyron Liu. No, I don't think so either. And uh, why I want to talk about your your reasoning, and and not that it's not your reasoning because this is actually what's surfacing right now. Mm-hmm. But why now? Why would you fire him now? First of all, yeah, you're gonna tell me that. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why is we don't think he's the guy moving forward when our stars come back. All right. KD is off for the season. We knew that from day one. So he's never even coached KD. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Kyrie Irving is out for the season. He played in like what twenty some odd games, twenty maybe thirty games this year. Something was, insignificant. Was they had early. a losing record with him in the lineup. Whatever. That's besides the point. He's out for the year. So you're telling me that a month and a half before the playoffs, you that you're gonna fire your coach after five years, and he led you to the playoffs last year. He made your guy an all star. Yeah. And you're just gonna fire him a month and or mutually agree to part ways. I don't you know, like you that. know what that reminds me of? Actually, Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA. He they were talking, and then I think he was like, "Yeah, this coach got fired." And then Ernie's like, "No, Charles, they mutually agreed to part ways." He's like, "No, fool. When a white guy gets fired, it's mutually agreed. But when a black guy gets fired, it's he got fired." <laughs> Which is a very valid point. Every time, like Beeline, he mutually, mutually agreed agree, to part right, ways. Right, I didn't just mutually agree to walk out on your job. You're like, right. It Imagine just, sitting together one day, just making an appointment, and just like, yeah. At you the know. same time, hey, I don't want to coach anymore. Yeah, yeah just, that's how it works. How we both that? think, oh, thank God you oh, feel yeah. the same way, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm so, I was so nervous to have this discussion. I don't, 
No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. He got fired a month and a half before the playoffs. And yeah. It's bogus. It's bad business. Uh, it has, yeah, Kyrie and KD Kyrie, all yeah. over it. But new ownership is also all over it because they were bought out uh, just last year by the uh, the Asian owner for $3.5 or $4 billion. So Jay-Z's owner. Joseph something. Does no, Jay-Z no, no, no. Still own it? Pro- Prokhorov sold everything. Jay-Z, no, no, he's the sole owner. Dang. And he's, uh, he's on, a Chinese investor. He's super loaded. For uh, sure. Bought the team in cash. Uh, so he's Cash? Got the, <laughs> I'm not making that one up, but I wouldn't be surprised. Bro, cash. Uh, he probably went to Brock, to be honest. Like uh, This Asian man's. Because all these rich Asian guys, they come from Brock. These <laughs> these rich business Asian guys. Rolling their Audis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The international oh, building was goodness. bumping. But, um... But yeah, a move. A month and a half before like the it. playoffs, like it just doesn't make any sense. It's not fair for the group of guys that have fought their butts off this year, given everything that they've gone through. Their the inconsistent rotation, and I read somewhere it's like imagine like in a day and age like today, having your big man rotation be freaking what's his name, Jared, Jared Allen. Allen, and when it's not him, is DeAndre Jordan. He was upset that he wasn't two he was bigs, off the bench. Bro, two bigs that can't run the floor. Two bigs that can't space the floor. Two bigs that aren't agile. They're, these guys are center centers. They're pick and roll bigs. They're, you can't stress these guys. Pause. Yeah. <laughs> Come I on, need to stop man. listening to Joe Budden. Yeah, for real, bro. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Joe Budden. Shout Bunny out to baby. Shout out to Mo. Rory. Pucks. Pucks. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a good move. I don't like it. I would like to see Brooklyn get a better opportunity than this. I'll see. I mean, when I was talking to Greg about this, uh, he was saying D'Antoni should go there because Houston doesn't want D'Antoni anymore. No, please and don't. And D'Antoni is a superstars coach. I mean, I don't know who other in, is available right now that's dealt with superstars in that Can you position. imagine a KD and Kyrie in a running gun offense? That'd be great. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that'd be great. That's not a bad idea. That'd be awesome. It would have won, really though. Shout out to Karis LeVert scoring 51 points yeah, and 41 yeah, points. Huge. And he's snapping. So shout out to, to Karis. But apparently, I just want to add this little uh, piece of information. Apparently, it was the majority of the team that felt the same way, according to the GM or I, the, I the dude. That. I don't agree with that. I don't think so. That's just yeah. KD. I think it's more Kyrie than KD even. But I think it's both. Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. But uh, I don't know where you want to see Kenny next. But my theory is he should go to the Pelicans. Alvin Gentry is time. Know. It's time to stay home. Alvin's done a pretty good job. Like, uh, yeah, Zion's maybe. is that Zion or is it Alvin? I don't know. I don't know. But, but I think they've, they've definitely been a really good team since Zion started playing. But, but I think but he's put Zion in a position to to be able to excel. So I just, there's, think, it's I just different. think Kenny can motivate guys better. He can bring. He can, like Yo, with the personnel that the Brooklyn Nets had, and they they were they're not above five hundred by any means, but they were the eighth best defense. In the league when he left, Kenny looks cool, man. He wears with this. no personnel, man. Eight, eighth best defense in that with nobody on the team. So I mean, for, if he could give the New Orleans Pelicans some defense mixed with that offense with JJ Redick, Drew Holiday, Zion, Bi, yeah. imagine him even on sack. They've got firepower. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Luke Walton uh, yeah. made a oh, great mistake oh last my. night. Did you hear the fan yelling at him? Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. So just to give everyone a, a background, so Sacramento Kings played the Raptors last night. Yes, uh, Luke Tight Walton one. is the coach of the Sacramento Kings. They were down three, and Buddy Heald, who won the NBA three-point challenge this year, was actually sitting on the bench. And you can actually overhear a fan in the broadcast saying, "You have the NBA cha- uh, three-point champ on your bench. What are you doing?" You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah blah blah. So grave mistake there. But um, Kenny, I would love to see Kenny coach the Pelicans. I'd love to see him anywhere as long as he can succeed. And um, I was I was listening to the low po- the low post podcast on this, and they were like, 
this move, Brooklyn risks being that team that's going to be moving on to their 10th coach in 11 years. Wow. Because he's like, you found longevity with this guy here, and it's hard to find longevity. And you, you pull the trigger to appease an all-star or superstar, and it just you might be in this revolving door of coaches till you find that person who's going to make you happy. So uh, hopefully Kenny finds his way. He will find uh, a job, man. But let's talk yeah. a little bit about um, some Boston Celtics. So the Boston Celtics and and the Bucks actually – uh, both have dropped two games straight as the Raptors have increased their winning streak to three oh, yeah. games, uh, which means that the Raptors are now three games clear of Boston and just seven and a half behind, just seven and a half behind Milwaukee. Just so let's talk a little bit about that, man. Are you are you worried at all about Boston because they've been so up and down this year? And and I'll be honest with you, their inconsistencies come in the fact that I just think that they don't not having a big man or like a solid big guy mm. and a really weak bench we talked about boston earlier yeah. this year we always said the the, the big was the issue the right? big and the weak bench for me their bench is just a bunch of no-name guys like they have no depth outside their starting lineup but granted they have one of the best starting lineups and probably six men rotations in the league yeah so are you concerned about boston no. at all dropping a few games or is it just uh it was uh, just it w- a, a couple games here in the season it was just a, season. it was a two-game losing streak just against the jazz and against the thunder and then, so the games they played that week were on the third, the fourth, the sixth, and yesterday, which was the eighth. So, what was that four games in five nights? Four games in six, uh, yeah, in, right, yeah. roughly. So, you know, it just I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough part in the schedule. It's a schedule you might look past. And they played against the Jazz and the Thunder. That's the two games they lost. And those are two teams that are in the middle of their conference and fighting for wins, basically. So I'm not too concerned about it. It's just two games for the for, for the Celtics. I think they have they do have things they need to address, like you know, like the weak bench and 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 the I guess missing big, which they can't really address anymore. That's that's just I how the roster they is let now. Baines and Horford walk. Baines Baines just had thirty seven points. And I know, rebounds I know, or sixteen rebounds or something. I know crazy. he's nine snapped. threes. He snapped. I, I just can't fathom the idea of letting both of those guys walk in the same offseason and then. Really not doing anything to to back revamp. Them. Yeah, they, they I mean, had they, Tice last year. The, the most they did was get Cantor off the bench, which he, he's a good player off the bench, but he's not he's not the guy that you he's need a defensive filling that role. Nightmare. He's a pick and roll defensive nightmare. He's, he just yeah. scores you. He's he's good in like little like four or five minutes. Spurs. He's good off the bench. That's about it. So, but you keep saying that you're most fearful of the Celtics. I am in the playoffs. I'm very so before it was Philly because Philly at full strength scares me because they have the size yeah and last year we saw philly just step up to a different level in the playoffs like that series against toronto was a lot closer and a lot harder than people really think it is yeah Um, we watched that game in game out but it was a struggle man just to keep up with those guys and it took some crazy crazy shots from Kawhi to really literally the raptors yeah and and not just that one but like the 35 point games the 41 point games Mm. like just stuff that I worry about. You know, who's going to do that for us this year in, in time of need? Give you 41 against Philly. Uh, but obviously with Embiid and Simmons going down and those injuries not really being, you know, ones that they're being optimal or optimistic about. Yeah. Uh, you're considering them as really maybe not the stronger team. Uh, but Boston, to me, why I fear Boston so much is because I look at Tatum and I have the same fear I had of Kobe. <sighs> Wow. Like when 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 we were playing against Kobe, we when we. the Raptors were playing against Kobe, and Kobe got the ball, you're like, 
Damn. In the pit of your stomach, you're like, damn it. He's going to make a bucket. Yeah. Like, he's going to get a three. He's going to get a two. Whatever they need. Whatever he wants, he's going to get. Whatever is required of him, he's going to achieve yeah. it. And it's nobody can stop it. And over the last month or two months, the way Tatum's been playing, his offensive groove, his confidence, it's very Kobe-esque. The way he comes down the court and gets any shot he wants against the Lakers, he had 41. Torsion for 41. You know, against Houston, he had 30-plus. He had, like, a, like a six-game stretch where he had over 30 points a game. So, I mean, I worry about that. I worry about Brad Stevens being a, a coaching genius. I worry about Kemba Walker. I worry about Jalen Brown, just guys with size, athleticism, quickness. Hey, Kemba's a closer. And, obviously, he can close, he likes, bro. Bro, you just you forget that they have Gordon Hayward. Yeah. And that's a great piece to have. So, I mean, I definitely do worry the most about the Boston Celtics in the East. There's just something about Milwaukee, like I was saying all season, that just I'm not fully there yet. I don't know. It's going to be one of those things where it just takes you by storm because I'm not 100% sold on Milwaukee. I'm not 100% sold just because we've stopped them, or we. The Raptors have stopped them before. Mm -hmm. And what has Giannis done to his game this year that's so different from last year that would make him unstoppable? His three maybe got his a little bit better. His three maybe got a little bit better. That's Still, about it. Yeah. Still not enough to beat that wall that the Raptors created during the playoffs. And now other teams are doing the same thing. Like the Miami Heat. We saw them last week. Yeah, Bam out of the same. the Giannis shutter downer. Right. <laughs> downer. This is this what it is, man. <laughs> so we saw the Miami Heat build that same wall that the Raptors did. So when I look at Miami, and especially now that Giannis has a little bit of a knee injury, he's not coming in. 100% for the playoffs. That maybe, was a maybe. wild, wild We thought it was a way worse injury than it looked Like, honestly, in the replay, it looked like his kneecap popped. Yeah, it was bad, man. Like, it, it looked like his kneecap popped, and the way it, it hyperextended like that was just weird, man. Like, yeah. I, And this guy just got up like a machine and just finished the rest of the game. First of all, I thought that was very stupid on Milwaukee's part. I thought the coaches should have sat him down right away. Uh, he's never going to say, come sub me out, but he took had to get an MRI. There was a sprain. Uh, he's missing at least two games, getting reevaluated. He, he wanted that game too badly because it, yeah, it was but against you saw, LeBron. We, we were watching him in the last six, seven minutes. He was hobbled. But he was not moving properly. He was, yeah, of course not. He was slow. He was not confident. And he tweaked it like three more times after that. <laughs> it's like, bro, just sit down, man. Like, yeah. this doesn't matter. It's the regular season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, it, people, the, the players play into the hype. It's Giannis the, really wanted that game badly. It's the like, fourth quarter, man. You could tell how badly he wanted that game. Does just, he want that? or the, the, I saw this picture. It was like a three-part picture. It's cartoon. Cartoon Giannis and cartoon LeBron racing. Yeah, Towards yeah, the yeah. MVP trophy. Yeah. And then Giannis grabs the MVP and LeBron Everyone. continues racing. Giannis is like WTF. And he's chasing a goat. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a very symbolic picture because – is that what you want? Is, do, you want a, do you want a season MVP? You're going to get it probably. We're going to talk about that. But, I mean, he's having a great offensive season. The team is doing great. They're winning games. And he's playing minimal minutes and scoring a crap ton of points. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you will get that. But are you going to be ready come playoff time? Yeah. Like, now that you tweaked your knee, are you going to be ready for a playoff? Like, the East we were talking about last year, that an Eastern Conference playoff run is not going to be a walk in I, the park. Yeah, like it used to be. By the right. time either team gets to the finals, they're going to be destroyed. Like yeah. I'm expecting bloodbaths in this playoff. There's a lot of teams that want it, yeah. and it's very open, and it's going to be a tough, grimy battle. Like I remember last year, it's like, yeah, the Raptors are in the finals, but after a grimy series with Philly, and then another one with Milwaukee, and you're like, damn, now we have to start all over again. Against another the Warriors, and then they were hobbled and beat up. But like, imagine this year, you go up against a team in the finals that's even better than the other two teams that you just played. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's so gonna be it, interesting it, year. It, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be scary. But nonetheless, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, before the playoffs come around, a lot of teams needed to make those moves, I think, and L.A. sort LA's. of got us started. L.A.'s. The L.A.'s. Uh, so the Lakers picked up uh, Markeith Morris and Dion Waiters. Markeith is the is the worst one. Yeah, yeah, the yes. worst of the two, yes. yes. And then uh, the Clippers got Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, and uh, Joaquin Noah. Noah. <laughs> very interesting signing. So uh, any anything stand out to you there, any of those uh, – kind of concern you or or are like an added bonus to I you think the they're I think they're honestly all good pickups because I'm gonna go with Clippers first. They add a big that can that can still play and still give you a little bit of minutes and then I think it's more of a precautionary thing in case a Zubots gets injured. Yeah. And Joakim Noah, he's a vet, he's been there. He usually stays pretty fit when he's not playing. He so also he hates can, LeBron. He also hates LeBron. There you go. That's <laughs> another added. Standing beef. Right. So I think that's a good pickup for the Clippers as a plan B, as a backup. And then you add Marcus Morris, who is the better Morris, who has experience. His story is wild. His story is, did you hear about, you know what he did in the offseason? No. So he committed to the Spurs. Oh, yeah, I know the story. And then yeah, the Spurs yeah, yeah. dropped Bertans yeah, to, pick, to clear to pick, space yeah. for him. And then he, he, he flops on the Spurs, signs with the Knicks, yeah. and then the Knicks trade him six months later. He He's winning. He's winning life, Because he brother. signed a better contract, and now he's in L.A. with his brother, who's yeah. also in L.A. They came in together for the game on the, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, kind of weird. Like, it's cute, though. like a conflict of interest. Like A little bit, but I like it. It's cute. Would we ever know if Markeith and Marcus are addressing in the jerseys? I have jerseys? zero idea. If you just don't want them by the beards, if they yeah. if they look different, that'd but, be that'd be jokes. But he's a good pickup for the Clippers. They, the same tats too. they do exact same tats. But he's a good pickup for the Clippers just because he's very skilled. He can shoot. He can defend. He can stretch the floor for you. Rebound all the all the things you need in a in a wing player in a four slash three. Um, he's very good at it. And then finally, they picked up Reggie Jackson, which I was. I like that pickup. You didn't like it that much. Nah. I know that I didn't like it. Like it's you're never gonna n- not benefit from a Reggie Jackson, but it's just so overkill for me. He's not gonna be who he. Who yeah, think but he's, he's they, gonna be. He's not expected to be that person though. He's just expected to come off the bench and give him a little bit of a boost. He's a great defender. I just hate I think when he's teams a- become the like I'm gonna compile all the biggest names and have this team of like names. Well, the 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 Clippers did that a few years ago when they had DeAndre. They had yeah, Blake, Chris Paul, they Matt contributed, Barnes. Though. Uh, not Q, was it Q Rich? They no, had they him at some Kron point. Butler, that Crom Butler, that was the guy. And they had just a bunch of names: Jamal Crawford, JJ Redick, and all those guys will tell you today the reason why we didn't win. We had too many personalities on the team. He's like, it, we could never get to a point where we could just play and mesh together. And I feel like I'm just worried that you're gonna keep adding on Reggie Jackson, on Marcus Morris, and all these guys that are not scrubs by any means. And then mm-hmm. you're gonna have to ask them to take on a scrub role. I just, to me, the Clippers look like an odd team with Kawhi. Like, there's no, like, there's very minimal chemistry there. And we haven't Kawhi seen just them, comes in and makes big shots. We haven't seen the mesh yet, but the reason why I disagree with that is because the Clippers had that team the whole season. Like, that was a team they formed to be their core guys. Reggie Jackson, the Marcus Morris, the Joaquin, they're not core guys. They're guys that are, I'm sure before they signed, they're like, hey, you're not going to be a starter. You're not going to play a yeah. crazy role. This is your role. Come off the bench and come give us some minutes. And do your job, right? So that's why I hope at least that was communicated. So that's why I think they're good. They're, they're good pickups. And then LA, the LA Lakers picked up Dion Waiters and Markeith Morris, which is the worst yeah. Morris. I don't see Markeith doing much for them, no. just because I don't think he's as skilled as his brother. I don't think he'll play as big as a role as his brother. I think honestly, I'd rather have Caruso in the game instead of 
Marquise. Yeah, it's because yeah. the energy he brings. I'd rather have Kuzma. Right. Um, I, I, mean, I do think... Marquise is a good defender and a rough guy to have come playoff time that's going to shake your, your opponent up right. a little bit. So that's right. good to have, but... He, he's going to come in and give you some grit, which I, I you can appreciate. I do think that Deion Waiters is, is something that's very hit or miss. Yeah. If Deion Waiters plays like a Deion, you kind of you got to take it. He's still in his prime. Like if he can play like a focused Deion Waiters, they they didn't hit the jackpot, but they picked up a really really good offensive piece that they need. Yeah. If Deion Waiters shot plays maker, shot creator, if Deion Waiters plays He's like, like their Lou Will. Yes, and yeah, I could I could see where you're coming from. I just Lou Will's just so smooth, man. That's yeah. why I don't like comparing anybody to Lou Will, like 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 a Deion Waiters. But if he plays like a disgruntled Miami Heat. Deion Waiters, that's going to cost the Lakers a lot. I feel like there's a certain level of grounding, grounding, I guess, groundedness that happens to a player when they get bought out. And they're like, for that period of time, they're out of the league. I think it's a bit of a reality check, especially for him after this season and the weed gummies and the issues with the team, ultimately getting released. Honestly, I've, I've actually changed my opinion on the whole weed thing because. As I listen to more of like all the smoke and yeah. the, and those guys are huge advocators for marijuana in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, but they don't they're not talking about like, hey, let's let's get a pipe or let's smoke a joint in the locker. What they're talking about is a trainer's walking around giving players a gummy instead of giving them opioids. Yeah. Something to help them relax. So to C B D kind like, of thing, you know? Yeah. To me it's like this is just an athlete who puts his body through strenuous medication actions and he just took some meds. He maybe maybe he tripped out Maybe it was just like a reporter on there's like oh, guys not familiar with weed. You know those guys who are like not familiar with weed and then they see somebody like start to trip out and then they start diagnosing them yeah. as if they know everything. Oh my god, this guy's about to fall dead right now and his heart's gonna you know, I feel like it was one of those with the media guys and they're like they're like, Oh, this guy's gonna die and then hit the like the stupidest reports like I don't get a seizure that, or whatever. But, but there was a stuff, lot of man. yeah, there's a lot of things that happened with him this year that I think is gonna ground him a little bit and the difference between this team in Miami is on Miami. He can argue that I deserve to play, and that's why he was on mad the about. Lakers. You you can't make that argument. Yeah. I deserve to play. They have way too many vets on that team yeah. for you to come in and say I deserve to play. Like, think about it. Even if you're playing Dudley in his position, the Lakers couldn't care less. That like they don't need either of those guys to come in and score thirty points. They need yeah. you to come play a role, do your thing. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna be a stupid person and you're gonna be a problematic person about it, Peace. it's very simple. You're just not gonna play, and that's yeah. the luxury that the Lakers have. So I think from that perspective, it's gonna floor him a little bit. So you like it? I like the move, okay. the Dion Waiters, because minimal downside, really high upside. Like yeah, minimal talking. downside, absolutely. Yeah, but like, very, yeah. very, very good upside. Especially come playoff time when you need a shot maker and a guy who can He's make like, plays. You know what? Actually, player comp. Lance Stevenson, Deion Waiters. Yeah, I think and, he's less stupid than Lance also Stevenson. Speaking but of Lance, there's reports that he might join the Pacers. I did hear about that as well. <laughs> I swear he joins the Pacers every, every year before <laughs> the playoffs. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Uh, but poor guy who's in China and then he's back now. He was killed in China, though. The corona. Hopefully they have the corona. Yeah, facts. Yeah, so uh, so interesting. But uh, before we move away from the L.A. conversation, the Lakers had a huge weekend. So on the Friday night, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And on the Sunday night, they beat the Clippers. So I love that Clippers pretty, game. That Clippers game was great. Uh, that, a pretty impressive weekend, man. I don't know what LeBron. team in the NBA right now could do what they just did. But two, here's two the thing. Here's following. the thing. They they're 
they're one and two against the Clippers, and they're one and one against the Bucks. So they needed that weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. They, but to have it like one after the other, to have it one after the another is very, very tough. I think LeBron, you could tell he was like laser focused, and I don't think he made a point to be like I'm the MVP. That wasn't his point this weekend. His weekend was that we can beat the top level teams in the NBA, yep. and. They really, 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 really needed those wins, and LeBron looked ageless. Yeah, it was unreal what he was doing. It's not like he was just scoring. Um, what scoring, was he doing, man? Passing, Blocking. rebounding, defending Kawhi and defending Giannis. I think he held Giannis to like two for seven or something like that. Some he he held Giannis to a very, very, very when poor they, shooting when he night. Defended him, right? Yeah, when he yeah. defended him, obviously, when he he held him to a very, very poor shooting night, and on the flip side. He was killing it on the offensive end, passing, scoring, shooting threes. Yeah. Right. So when you have a player like LeBron who just can literally do everything. Yeah. And I guess this might be this might be where we feed into this, you know, MVP conversation. He's not really going for the MVP. He doesn't really care about the MVP or he says he doesn't. However, he is the best player in the league. Yep. And it's not even I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close because uh, I, I, I don't think Giannis can do r- remotely what a, LeBron does. If you're combining, like, for me, a player is, like, different categories, right? You got to combine, like, the perfect amount of athleticism with the perfect amount of IQ with the Skill. perfect amount of, like, shot-making ability. So, at this point, LeBron has this algorithm, like, maximized. It's, in, it's insane. Where his athleticism yes. has not taken any sort of hit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe he a can't little jump bit. just as high as he did before, but he's still dunking on everybody. He yep. still put Josh Hart's face in his crotch. So, I mean, that's that's still happening today. Yeah. So, he's still athletic. We have talked about this off-air, how much better of a shooter that he's become oh, this year. Oh, A long-distance shooter. This guy, like, three, four games in a row just... Pull up from the logo. It's it's amazing, and it's like twenty four seconds into the shot clock, he's pulling up from the logo and he's banging it. It's like this is not the LeBron that we saw when he first came into the league, or in Miami, and, or in Cleveland. He no, didn't shoot just, like he's this. He's just a much better shooter. Uh, free throw line this year. I want to talk to you about this because the four games before this weekend, he shot a total of ten free throws combined. Yeah. Uh, in the for in the game against Milwaukee, he went twelve of fifteen. Good. And the game against the Clippers, twelve of fourteen. Good. That's For a guy need. who's on the season 70%, that's 86 and 80% in two separate games off yeah. 30 free throws. So much better shooting in those two games. And then obviously the last thing is IQ. and like He's he, got that in the bag. <laughs> I mean, in the bag. Chris, so they were asking Chris Paul to compile like his like perfect scenario point guard. Like if you could take certain skills from guys who are in the league to right. make like the perfect guard, who would you say, like who would you use pretty much? And he was like, he used LeBron's passing ability. Yeah. Can you imagine a Chris Paul? Like this is one of the best point guards in NBA history. History, history. Saying I want this guy's passing ability. So it's when you combine all those three things, like Giannis doesn't have a shot making ability. He's not a passing and, ability. And his IQ is is getting <sighs> better. I think it's not He's as young. great as what LeBron. Can do? But LeBron can recite to you the whole second half of the fourth quarter yeah, after it happened. Yeah. yeah. Play by play. So I mean, his his mind, his basketball mind, is just something like we've never seen before. He's a true student of the game, and as long as he's continuing his health and doing what he's doing now, it's going to be so hard to stop that. He's he's freaking great. <laughs> he's outplaying AD, and AD's like twenty five. Yeah, man. But that's the thing about LeBron, like, and they play so well together. By the way, LeBron and AD very well together. It's a My point God. guard, big combo, basically, right? Point guard, and, point forward. Yeah, it's it. 
they complement each other very well. They're on the same page all the time. And I just, like, it's, I know Giannis is technically having a better season than he did last year. That's why I hate how these things kind of happen because it's all, like, the MVP award has become narrative yeah. as opposed to skill or as yeah. opposed to value to a team or whatever. But LeBron's narrative is... yeah. Giannis Miss- is also on analytics Twitter is by Dream too. I know we were talking about who was the last episode that was Zion. Yeah. And this is oh PR bro. The PR, yeah. Bro, the purr, bro. The purr. The purr, bro. If you think it's purr, it's fucking historic. Because right, Giannis shoots playoffs, within man. four feet. How, in the, how about the, the second round, bro? Yeah. How about Come the second on, round, man? Like, like Harden said, I wish I was seven feet with stupid athletics. Yo, I have to work hard. <laughs> it's it's half true though, because he doesn't have much of a shot yet. His free throws are atrocious, like worse than LeBron's, which yeah, is like yeah, insane. Yeah. He's a terrible free throw shooter. He's a terrible three point shooter. He just his handle has gone significantly better. His yeah. footwork is yeah. great. Yeah. So I mean, to say he doesn't have skills, obviously he was going for the hit there. Right. Like he does. He does. For you guys to think that James Harden meant this, he didn't mean this. Obviously, he knows the guy has a lot of skills, but to his point. Giannis skills. doesn't have to finesse to get his baskets because Giannis is just bigger and stronger than everybody else, and he's quicker. He's so dominant. he's going to come down the paint. He's going to get what he wants, and that's that. Harden is going to get double teamed. He's going to have to figure out how to dribble, figure out how to shoot, figure out how to do Step this. Step back, dance. I know he hasn't figured it out yet, clearly, but <laughs> I mean, hopefully soon he will. Who's your MVP? Who's my MVP? Ah, man, it's got to be LeBron for me, man. Wow. And, but, like I, My MVP argument has been consistent since day one. It's not who's the best player in the league. It's who's the best player to their team. Value. Who's the best player to their team? They if both you take high LeBron value. out of the Lakers, they're atrociously. I think they're like a minus eight with him out of the lineup That's on tough. the year. That's tough. Okay, so the, the the difference in having him on versus having him off is a very wild difference, whereas the Bucks have a little bit of depth. They have Wes Matthews. They have Eric Bledsoe, they have George Chris Middleton, Hill. who's a 50-40-90, George Hill, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez. Yeah. Like they have a roster that can make the playoffs without Giannis in the East. And I worry about because the construction of the Lakers is so that all these guys are built to have a LeBron player. If you take LeBron out of that lineup, who's going to create these shots for people? It's just it John Rondo. Tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it becomes real tough. And for me, it's got to be LeBron. I don't know. Where, where do you stand on this? It's a unanimous MVP for LeBron. It's got to be, man. It's, it's actually, at this point, it's two blatant two. disrespect, man. Yo, for real, like, man. The guy's like 37 at playing prime peak basketball. He's he hasn't won an MVP in five years. 35 years old, 17th season. Yeah. And he is for once destroying in my life, the league. For once in my life, I have to agree with Kendrick Perkins. And he was saying, he's like, why is it that when LeBron was in the East, the narrative was that the East is a joke? Yeah, so we man. can't give LeBron the MVP. He's but killing now, the West. But now Giannis is eating in the East, and LeBron is still killing the West, first in the league, first in the West. In the West. And you're going to say, no, you know, Giannis is still – no, man. Like, why Miss does Giannis me, get the benefit of the doubt? LeBron never does. You know what I mean? Like, everyone, it's just, listen. It's disrespectful, man. Everyone loves to hate greatness. Everyone loves – literally, LeBron's reached a, a level where – you cannot praise him because you always have to look for something to nitpick at. Yeah. So he doesn't take. We don't deserve sh- him. We absolutely not. The, absolutely like, not. I was like, as a fan base, we don't no. deserve LeBron James. Nope. Nope. The fact nope. that he's at 35 doing what he's doing now, looking better than everybody in the league. And you were saying this last episode of against the young guys, the Trey Youngs, the, 
the uh, the Luka Doncic is like the Zion's. He's putting up thirty point triple doubles. Wow! Bro, he's he's letting them know. Wow! So wow. It, it is just stupid. If he does not get the MVP, if if Giannis repeats his MVP, I don't even think he should have deserved it last year. With the way James Harden was playing and his stupid forty point streaks that he had last year in fifty point games and what he was doing for his team. Listen, man. Everybody he can get an MVP. This, everyone gets an MVP now. But LeBron, but LeBron, LeBron should. should get LeBron it. needs to get at least one more MVP. At least let him separate from everybody else. Like, give him one more MVP. He, there's no way you're telling me in the last ten years he hasn't gone. He has not gone a single or like. I think he may have gone one. In, like his last one was like 2010. Did he win one in Miami? I think he did. I can't remember. I to be very did. honest, with you, I can't remember. But let's say like eight to ten years ago, there's no way you're telling me for the last eight to ten years that LeBron has not been the MVP of this league. I'm sorry. 2010 was his last one with yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, so 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I might be wrong. I don't know. But it's just 2010 here. So. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever. That, that's neither here nor there. Nope, it's nope, nope. 2012 and 2013 yeah, okay. and 13. So, so. so 8 to 10 years. Yeah, that's right. 7 eight, years. 8 to 10 years uh, of of a LeBron MVP drought. KD, so Steph, Steph, Russ, James, Giannis. Like, come on, man. Come on. Unanimous MVP, Steph. Come on! <laughs> like, stop giving stuff the one I yeah, get. But I'm two still, in a row? I'm still butthurt about that. Two in a row, Jesus man! Giving Come him on, the one, please. I understand because it, it was a fantastic season, seventy three and nine. Yeah, and fine. talk about like analytics wet dreams, like buddy. Oh, PR. Those guys were swimming. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> was not even close. So uh, that that's my MVP. But let's talk about your actual MVP, Mr. Lonzo Ball, Lonzade Ball. Listen, man, I was never wavered. No, you weren't. I was never. I was like, he's a bust. He's a guy. bust. He's a bust. I mean, yo, just wait. Just wait. He's a, he, the point guard position is the hardest position to play in the league. Yeah. He was 19. Especially when you don't have a shot. Exactly. 19 years old coming into the league to uh, to lead the Lakers. He was playing with LeBron. I felt he was undersized, too, coming in. He's gotten bigger. He's skinny. He's skinny. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gotten a bit more toned now, but he's still small. Yeah. Like, he was too small. But he's got a good 6'5 frame. But like you were saying today, you were saying, look at his shot. And... We remember how far off I the side his shot was. Right? I vividly remember. You had to like bring a, it over. It was like a reverse windmill. It was crazy. And now it's straight up. It's it's almost it's a clean straight form. up. And and we don't give him enough credit for that. It's like imagine getting to the NBA like that in itself as an accomplishment with that shot. Yeah, <laughs> to get to the NBA with a broken shot, but not just that. As as a pro, you've now changed your shot form. This is something like. We can't even fathom this because this is what got him to the pros. Yeah. So he has done yeah. a certain thing for so long that's done him so well. Nineteen years that's made him a millionaire off the sport of basketball, and now he's gonna he has the the, the capacity to be like, okay, well this shot's not working yeah. because now I'm in the pros. Guys are quicker. They're gonna close out quicker. They're gonna their arms are longer. I don't have the time it takes to, to wind up that. I need to I need a quicker release. So he works on a release. He has a very very clean release. Like yeah. it's a, it's a beautiful release. And his mechanics are great. And let's let's look at some numbers because while you bring up those numbers, it's also like next to impossible to break that your old mechanic of your shot, like to force yourself to stop bringing it over. It's like you've been doing something for so long. Imagine how hard it is to like break a habit you've had for like a month. This guy's having it for years, right? And you're playing in competitive games. This is not like it's a pressured filled habit that you have to break. And he's been able to do that. And he's and he's like. He's not like he's shooting spot up jump shots. He's shooting step backs. He's shooting in rhythm. He's shooting off the dribble. So he's been doing great, a great job at shooting the ball. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, we looked at some numbers. So since Zion's debut, which has been twenty games, 
Uh, he's attempting, or sorry, he's making 2.9, so almost three threes a game he's yeah. making, shooting 43% from the field. Fire. Which is incredible. The last 10 games, he's making 3.3 threes a game, shooting 48.5% over a 10-game stretch. Incredible. And then the last four games, four, 4 of 8 from 3, 7 of 11 from 3, 3 of 7, and then 7 of 10. Ballin'. That's two games of better than 65% where he's Buddy. made over seven threes. As much as the Pelican success has been Zion, it's also been Lonzo. Buddy, they're, they've, they've, they're their looking connection, so, so good. Their connection that they've built has been has been so, so entertaining to watch. And it's, it's oh, such the full court alley-oops, oh, I can yeah. definitely get used to that. And he's a great passer. That's what is so key, especially for, for a guy like Zion who can't exactly create his own shot yet. To have such a good and willing passer yeah. like Zion is it, it's it's been phenomenal to watch. And I'm so happy that he's yeah. been doing well. I'm really upset about the fact that they um, took so long to come around. I think even without Zion, like Alvin doesn't really have an excuse with the roster that's built as is. Like you have Brandon Ingram playing at an All Star level. You have yeah. Drew Holiday, who yeah he missed some games, but he's there. JJ Reddick, Lonzo, Lonzo wasn't Ball, playing wasn't Josh playing Hart. this well. He was kind of very inconsistent in the beginning of the season. But why is it? A I don't know. And then also there's a lot of questions with. The way that they're playing Zion and matching him up and not putting him on certain guys playing yeah. defense and taking him out of certain time. It's like very, very weird coaching. And I just think with a group of young guys like that, a Kenny Atkinson would be such a better fit than an Alvin Gentry I agree because with you he, there, actually. like Alvin's right. a bit of an older coach, you know, like yes, you gotta you gotta exactly. be a player coach and really like understand the guys for the guys to have that relationship with you. And I felt that Brooklyn loved Kenny. Especially the young guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you put Kenny in that position, who knows what he can do for the confidence of an Ingram, Alonzo, a Josh Hart, a, even a Jackson Hayes. I, I love Jackson yeah. Hayes. And he doesn't get enough yeah. PT. He does Now that Zion's back. But Jackson Hayes is like a – he reminds me of a, like a baby JaVale McGee. He runs the bit, floor oh, so well. Like yeah. he's, he's athletic. He's tall. He's long. He can – they've got a scary team for the future, honestly. And I think, like you said, once they get the right coaching – and I, I just – I agree with you where – I think there's a disconnect between Alvin and the players, and yeah. that could be something generational. Um, I think it is. They're a very young team. Yeah, so like, I think you bring a young coach in there. I was listening to the J.J. Redick pod, and he had Drew Holiday on, and they were talking about how each of them are their like, best friends on the team because it's just them two and then like a bunch of young guys. Of course. It's like them, them two and maybe Derek Favors and then a bunch of young guys. Yeah. So like your core is is Ingram, Lonzo, Zion, Josh Hart, Jackson, Jackson like these are all Frank Jackson too, the, yeah. the backup point guard. Like yeah. They're all young guys, so you got to get a coach in there who's going to speak their language, who's going to, you know, who's had experience forming young guys. Like yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie, that is a product of of Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, Karis Levert's a product of Kenny. Rondé Hollis Jefferson's a product yes. of Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys are all respectable players that have played in that system that love what he does, and and I'm like, I don't know if I'm heartbroken because. Yeah, like it kind of sucks from a practicality standpoint losing your job, having to relocate your family. Especially he grew up on Long Island, so he's right oh, there. He was home. Yeah, he was home. So I mean, that is for sure heartbreaking. But he's gonna have. He probably has like thirty teams on his. I wouldn't be surprised teams. if he has like. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> if, teams. if he uh, if he already had a deal in the works right now that they're just waiting for the season the to ride season, out. Yeah, uh, he'll be he'll be somewhere else next season. I, oh, I but if he's one. not, then somebody's stupid. Yeah, I agree. The, somebody, the Raptors should go make him an assistant today. Like, if, if he's not, yeah, if he's not going, so, it's impossible. Yeah. There's too many, like, incompetent coaches in the league right now. Cleveland, yeah. like, Cleveland would love him. Yeah. But Cleveland would love too. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be good. So, uh, so that's where we stand right now. Last question before we before we end this off because we had this discussion a little bit. Uh, do you claim or do you not claim Lavar Ball? <laughs> yo, I have to, claimed, man. We have, we have to I give have a back. Claimed. We have to give a backstory to this because we were kind of talking about Lonzo. why why has Lonzo taken that step? Like, and yeah. obviously one of the greater things is for him to get out of that limelight and get out of LA where there's a lot of win now expectations, and to be on a team where he can develop a team in New Orleans where yes. It is a lively city, but for the most part, you can just focus on basketball. There's no yeah. Hollywood. There's no commercials, endorsements, all the things that no he's doing right now. <laughs> uh, and then just to get him out of that spotlight. So why I said you claim. F. LeVar is because I think one of the best things for him to do was to, A, break apart from the family business, the, sh- the big Triple baller brand, uh, and B, like just pretty much like distance himself from his family and his father. Like I'm not saying distance yourself from your father is in like be a an estranged son. Yeah. But when your dad is out here doing all the talking that Lavar was doing, mm-hmm. it was just too many distractions, too many eyes on Lonzo that every single mistake was magnified. Yeah, yeah. it was mag- it was magnified. So it's not fair to him. I'm happy that he's found that home and hopefully he can continue to be good. But you you claim that man. I have claimed no halvesies on it just because I think Lavar. Has done a great job for setting, or at least I, I mean, he did the best job with Lonzo for setting up Lonzo for success. You know, literally speaking it into existence that he's going to be drafted second by the Lakers. Yeah. And we all know that I we don't think that he should have gone that high. He would have been a lottery pick, like you said. I actually think that also was a big reason why he had a rough start to his, to his career. No. why Second round picks, second overall picks have a huge expectation. That's fine, but so does any lottery pick have he they have huge expectations like a seventh pick is not gonna have the expectations a second pick has especially a second pick to the lakers yeah obviously coming in and saying statue and better than magic and all that crap like that's where that's where lavar should have stopped once he got drafted like yo listen your son's in the nba go work on jello Go get him into the league. Like yeah. you, sh- I think he should have stopped right there. But he shut kept, up. Yeah, just, just, just shut, shut the hell up, up. man. So, but he swimming ke- your money. And he shut kept up. going. He kept going, talking about Luke Walton, talking about LeBron. My son and LeBron be. Bo- 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 he talked about Magic. Call Magic a puppet. He's not doing any rock right. pulling because a puppet. They promised me this. They right. promised me that. Right. So I claim him it's up until the family affair. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I promise your your son a tryout. This is the freaking big leagues, bro. This I know is the monarchs man. like. So I, I claim him until draft day. After draft day, I think he should have stopped. He should have shut yeah. up, go to the next son. And I, but I do think that Lonzo leaving L.A. and going to New Orleans, a place that's not quiet, He's but from quieter. L.A., right? He's from L.A., yeah. yeah. A place that's quieter, I guess you could say. A place that's further away from his pops. He's separated from the brand. He's tweeted. No win now he's expectations. Just, he's no win now expectations. He can yeah. develop. He's got other young guys around him that – as as great as it is to play with LeBron and he was his hero and whatever, there's some crazy expectations that come yep. alongside that, and young players don't necessarily lead to winning. Yeah, and I love, love, love that he has Drew Holiday as his vet. As his vet, exactly, and like JJ Redick even. That is a great point guard vet to right. have is Drew Holiday and Lonzo. Man, like his upside is so high. Let's his, go. Like his his the alley oops that he's running like from his own free throw line to Zion that are just stupid clean. It's and defensively, he's it's great. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal for sure. Uh, but yeah, that that brings us to an end. It's, what a jam packed episode this one was, huh? Let me go for uh, it. Just over an hour, hour three minutes. So, yeah, we blessed uh, you guys. Still on yeah, only an hour. Spotify, bro. You you're welcome. Uh, so Apple yeah, we, podcasts, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of content this week. To sum up, a very very dramatic 
uh, drama-filled week in the NBA. Obviously, we're talking about it's pretty crazy how much content there is in the league on a weekly basis yeah. that you can like sum it up and still get an hour of talking out. So It's almost like you need two episodes a week. Buddy. Oh. Shout out to you all for listening. We appreciate you. We'll uh, be back at you and uh, let us know uh, if you have any concepts or if you want to come on the podcast, uh, whatever you want. We're here for it.